is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hey, hey, everyone. It's uh, episode 30 of the Business of Reselling podcast. And as promised, this is my episode on branding. Hopefully this one is interesting to you. Uh, First of all, if you hear a little bit of background noise today, it's because I had to record the podcast in a different room. I'm expecting a pickup and I have to be by the door. So I have to be in the living room and it's a little noisier out here with dogs and construction. They're building a mall like four blocks away from here and it's just crazy. Anyway, uh, sorry about that. If there's a little bit of background noise, hopefully it's not too bad. So this episode is all about um, branding and whether resellers should pay for branding, how much you should pay for branding, what branding can do for your business. Um, I don't think this is a topic that's talked about a lot in the reseller world. Um, So I wanted to offer it as kind of a follow-up to my last episode, which was all about uh, marketing, the four P's of marketing and how to leverage those for your business. So I'll link to that uh, previous episode as well in the show notes if you want to go back and uh, listen to that one. They do kind of mesh and work with each other, but they can be listened to, enjoyed, and worked with independently. Um, Okay, a couple things I want to mention before I get started. I'll give you a little update on how our summer sales have been. Um, And I also want to tell you about the Boss Reseller Remix. Um, So the Boss Reseller Remix is a fantastic reseller conference that happens every October. October. Um, down in Las Vegas, it's put on by Katie and Vicky, who are uh, amazing resellers and have put on a fantastic event for you. Um, really, honestly, I have to say the content is um, super appropriate for resellers, no matter where they are in their business. Um, it's engaging. It's fun. They do a great job with this event. And I think it's an excellent value as well for the ticket price. I was a speaker at the Boss Reseller Remix last year. I cannot go this year, unfortunately, due to other travel requirements. But um, I could not uh, not do a plug for it because it's such a fantastic event. So link to that in the show notes. If you can make it to Las Vegas, do it. Um, If you can't, they also sell virtual tickets. So definitely check that out. Uh, So uh, overall, our summer sales have been uh, pretty good. I've been I've been happy with it. We're not really experiencing that summer slowdown that a lot of people talk about. I think part of that is due to um, the increase in the percentage I'm willing to pay for promoted listings. I changed that a few weeks ago and it had a very positive impact on my sales. I'm using dynamic promoted listings, which means that I tell eBay, what the maximum percentage I'm willing to pay uh, for when an item sells. And I put that at 5%. I previously had a fixed rate of two and a half on most of my listings. So I increased that to a maximum of five and it had a huge impact on our sales. So they've been pretty good. Now, I don't add new listings to promoted for at least 30 days. Uh, So I allow the algorithm to bump up my new listings. And we've also been... uh, posting a lot of pretty cool, a little bit higher end and in-demand inventory recently, which is not yet part of my promoted listings campaign, which has been selling really well. So I think those, that combination of those two things have um, boosted our summer sales. Our July was decent. Like I, I, I should do a month in a review video for you guys on that. Um, Not the most amazing, but as far as July goes, I would say pretty good. Also, we were out of town for, you know, maybe a total of eight or nine days in July, 
And every time we go away, that's going to affect our business because I'm not there on the laptop doing all the promoting and marketing and offers to watchers and all of that stuff. Uh, so sales always slow down when we're out of town. Um, and so I think in spite of us being away, uh, we still had pretty strong sales. So I'm happy for it. I'm happy about it. Um, also, we went down to the U.S. for two short picking trips in Seattle and Bellingham. And America is such a great place for picking. We always get the best stuff when we're down there. So that's helped bring some good inventory into our store. Uh, okay, more on that in a video, with, uh, which I will totally do one day. Um, <laughs> but uh, now on to our main event, which is all about branding. So I want to talk to you about whether you as a reseller should be building a brand for your reselling business. Um, so again, this is a follow up to the marketing piece that I did in the last episode. So I'm going to talk about whether it's worthwhile for you to invest money and time into building a brand, um, how to evaluate whether and when to spend money on this, as well as what branding can do for an online reselling business. So first, let's get to a definition of what branding is, because it's different from marketing, even though those two words are kind of used um, synonymously, they're not the same thing. Branding is about your business identity your story. It's kind of a thing that resonates with customers. Uh, brands evoke feelings. Um, they create trust amongst customers and clients, and they tell stories to people who interact with those brands. So um, branding is kind of a nebulous thing, uh, and it's also really difficult to quantify in terms of value. In fact, uh, if I just put my MBA hat on for just a second. If you look at like a balance sheet from a public corporation, their brand, their value of their brand is often entered on the balance sheet as an asset that is a, a physical uh, thing of value. And yet a brand is intangible, like you can't touch it. So it's really hard to put a value on it. And they'll put that in the, on the balance sheet often and call it something called goodwill, um, which is like this amount uh, that supposedly represents the value of their brand. Um, so, you know, how we decide what a brand is worth to a business is like a whole other topic, uh, probably one that's not um, really worthy of getting into. Um, but just know that uh, branding adds value, but it's really hard to quantify that value. So that's basically what I'm getting at. A lot of people think a brand is your logo, but it, that's just one part of a brand. It's the most recognizable element of a brand, but it's just one piece of the overall branding story. Um, so think about like, I don't know, it, I sometimes hate using these big corporate examples, but I always want to pick one that like everybody can recognize. So if you think about an iconic brand like uh, Nike, uh, think about the swoosh. Like if you think of Nike, the first thing you think about is the swoosh. That's part of the power of the brand. You, you, you right away, that's the image that pops up in your head. Like, could you imagine Nike changing the swoosh to like anything else? It it would have, I think, a detrimental impact on their brand value because that is the thing that every, you don't need the word Nike to know that something's Nike. You just need to see the swoosh. It's on the shoe, you know, it's everywhere. Um, and the swoosh itself, even that word, even the word swoosh, like it feels like movement and that check mark kind of shape 
has a positive connotation, right? Check marks are good. We like check marks. Um, and that shape evokes speed and sort of upward movement. You know, the way that the swoosh moves up um, kind of evokes uh, movement and action. And these are all important things to Nike's brand. Um, so the value of that brand is, it, I mean, it's, you can quantify it, right? It's almost priceless. It's so important to them. And you can, you can take that with lots of other brands, Starbucks and Apple and Tesla and all of these, you know, big, huge brands, Coca-Cola, um, you know, Lay's potato chips. And you, you can think right away of what that brand looks like and the feeling that you get from it. And so that's kind of what that power of branding is. Now it's not marketing, right? It's not marketing. Marketing is the messaging that connects your brand to customers. Um, it's that it's the products you're selling. It's how you're pricing them. It's where you're promoting them. Um, and all of that is covered in episode 29. So if we think about, uh, as another example, brands in the reselling world, so think about a brand like Whatnot. Uh, the name itself, Whatnot, implies that you can find anything in every, you know, anything there, anything, everything, all of it. Uh, Whatnot, are you just selling bits and bobs and Whatnots? And Whatnot still really feels like an open sort of platform with fewer rules. You know, it's not a legacy platform. Um, it's meant to be flexible. You can do your whatnot shows, and there's a lot of things that you can do in your shows uh, to engage people who are watching them. Um, and the and the brand is uh, youthful. It's fun. It's fresh. It's young, and they're trying to attract um, more young people to that platform as both buyers and sellers. Um, and their brand does a pretty good job, I think, anyways, of connecting to that demographic. Compared to eBay as, you know, the legacy reselling brand or the old guard. Now, we all have strong opinions about the eBay brand as resellers, but put that aside for a second and think about eBay from a buyer's perspective, somebody who was going to find a unique item that they really wanted in their collection. Um, eBay's brand is colorful and recognizable. Um, it hasn't, even though like sort of the shape of the letters and stuff has changed over the years, they have those sort of primary colors in their logo that they haven't really changed since the very beginning. They, cause they want you to think of that when you think of eBay, they want you to think about that brand um, and be able to recognize the logo right away. Now they, and they seem to want to stick with that perception that, you know, look, that's us. We're still here. We're still kind of the same. We've been around forever and for better or for worse, that seems to be the branding play that they go for. Um, I, I would guess that by doing that, they're trying to um, indicate that, you know, they're trustworthy, um, that it's a safe platform. It's a reliable platform. It's one that's been around for a long time and um, still has the biggest uh base of users of all the reseller platforms uh, other than Amazon, which like that's its whole other thing. Um, and so the branding there really tries to represent that is what I'm getting at. Um, and so we're all going to have different opinions and, and, and different connections to the brand and we will feel different ways about these brands. Um, but ultimately we can we can sort of look a little bit objectively at it and, and ask ourselves, what is this brand trying to tell me? Now, whether or not you believe it and make that emotional connection with it is a totally different thing. And the mark of an effective brand is one that creates similar reactions amongst the majority of people. 
Now, one of the great things about branding is that it creates consistency in all your communications with customers and clients. So from your website to your package inserts, email signatures, um, your online store, anything, you can put your brand anywhere. And the more you do that, the more memorable you become because people see your brand the same way in all kinds of different places. So the more they see it, the more likely they are to remember it, the more likely they are to engage with it, and the more likely they are to think about you when they want to buy the kinds of things you sell. Another benefit of branding is that it makes your marketing a bit simpler because you already have all of the creative and visual assets that you need to develop everything from your business cards to your social media banners. So as long as you already have all of those files, you have your branding elements, you have your color scheme, and you can just put that everywhere. Um, it makes developing marketing creative a little bit easier to do because you're not starting from scratch every single time. Now I'll talk a little bit about our branding journey. So we have the name Storage Warrior, which like it's not too far of a stretch to think about Storage Wars when you think of our brand. And really, it, we didn't put a whole lot of thought into that company name when we picked it. Um, we just liked the show and I could get storagewarrior.ca domain name, so I bought it. Uh, there was actually another business operating under a super similar name. Um, a bit east of us. And uh, there was a little bit of confusion actually at the beginning between our brand and theirs, um, and as well as our reputation and theirs, uh, which uh, theirs was a bit unsavory. So that company eventually shut down. Um, and so we didn't have to worry about that um, competing messaging. Um, and we kept the name Storage Warrior. Uh, then we just picked, I think I got somebody on Fiverr for like 80 bucks or something to create a logo. They gave me a couple of color options. I just picked one that I liked. I didn't think too much about it. I just needed something to put on business cards. And so that's what I got. The logo wasn't great. It wasn't super professional. Um, it didn't tell a story. It didn't evoke anything. It was just a brand. It was like a dollar sign with the S and the W next to it. And we were like, yeah, okay, good enough. Uh, we just needed something to put somewhere. And for, you know, a few years, it worked just fine. And then um, during the pandemic, we started to think, you know, this brand doesn't feel professional. It doesn't feel consistent. Um, our website is slapstick. You know, let's develop a whole branding package and keep the name, but rebrand and really put some thought into how we wanted to be perceived. Uh, and so we did that. And I, I think we spent around $8,000 on website development, um, creative development, logo design, and, you know, all of the elements that go into a complete branding package. Um, and yeah, we did that in 2021. And we are still really happy with the outcome of that. Um, I think I think the person did a fantastic job. Um, what it did for us is it helped us establish a prof uh, professional image and a differentiation from other resellers and estate buyers. The thing is, and you've probably noticed this if you've been in reselling for a while, most resellers in our industry do not invest in branding and website development. Their websites or logos look like they were slapped together, as did ours for the first few years. Um, and so 
by having a professional branding package, we had a really easy and simple differentiation from other people who did similar things to us. Now, we really developed the brand not so much for our end buyers, but really for the types of clients that we would get inventory from. So we really wanted to say to show people that like, you know, we're we're professional, we're fair, we um, can clean out entire estates, um, you know, and we were very clear about the reselling aspect. Um, we promote a little bit of an environmental message just about keeping things out of landfill. And we really wanted to leverage that to help us purchase more inventory. And, uh, and we've had several clients that say they initially called us because they searched, you know, like estate liquidators or, you know, the, whatever, <laughs> selling, selling antiques on Google and found us and thought that we had a more professional image and stronger brand message compared to the other results of their search. Uh, so it has worked for us. Uh, I think that my marketing campaigns, and I've talked about this before, uh, have fallen a little flat in terms of really connecting that brand image to those clients. I think I could be doing a better job. I don't think that's the fault of the brand. I really like our brand. Um, I think it's pretty solid and it'll be, you know, a while before we change it. Um, but I just need to leverage the marketing better to, to create the results that the brand is supposed to achieve for us. Uh, so that's my brand. Now, what about yours? Should you pay for branding? And if so, how much should you pay? Well, consider that reselling is a pretty competitive landscape. Now, I'm a firm believer that there is enough stuff to go around to support all the resellers that are out there. There's so much stuff. Um, but there are also a lot of resellers and more and more resellers all the time. More people are trying reselling. Um, and so branding is just one way that you can differentiate from other sellers of similar kinds of things. Um, so it's going to be a little bit harder to solidly establish your brand if, like us, you rely on a third-party selling platform like eBay or Mercari or Poshmark um, because people are going to see the front-facing brand first. Obviously, that platform wants to promote its own brand. So their branding elements are going to be present in and around your online store if you use that platform. Um, so you only have your store page to customize and there are limitations to that. Um, but you can kind of work around that by creating your own website and then link to all of those platforms directly through it. So for example, if you go to storagewarrior.ca, you will find a shop link that will show you all of our eBay listings in a widget on our website. And that is consistent with our brand. And then if you click one of those listings, you'll be brought over to eBay to complete the transaction. Um, and I've done my best to create a store page that um, is aligned with our brand, but it does need a few updates, but go there and um, check it out and you can kind of see where our logo and stuff shows up in our eBay store. Um, so that's one thing that you can do. And if your website has the same brand creative as your online store, buyers are still going to feel that consistency and that flow between the platforms. So if you're wondering whether you're at the point in your business, whether you should consider branding, um, it will be essential if you want to scale up. Now, whatever scaling up means to you, if that's going from $1,000 a month to $10,000 or $10,000 to $50,000 or, you know, $200 to $1,000, you know, if you're looking to scale, 
the more you want to scale, the more important branding becomes because you need um, that consistency. And it also creates efficiency in your marketing, as I already mentioned. So as you scale up, you're going to have less time for things. And so you want to create as much efficiency as possible. Um, and this is one way to do it. As a hobby seller or a part-time reseller, um, having your own brand is still great, especially if you want to nurture repeat buyers. So if you sell in a couple of specific categories or niches, um, and you really want to be known for that, then you can develop a bit of a brand around that. And even if you're a very small reseller, you could still be like, you know, the go-to person for, you know, teddy bears or whatever you want it to be. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to pay a fortune for it. You can do a simple branding exercise yourself. And there's actually an article from HubSpot that I've linked in the show notes, which has a free template that you can download to start building your own brand guide. And once you've done that, then you can share that brand guide with somebody on a site like Fiverr or Upwork, um, where you're likely to find a pretty good deal on a logo. You can browse all kinds of service providers there with all different price points and all different offerings. You know, pick somebody that you feel comfortable with and who has a good reputation and um, and get a simple logo done through through that. I mean, you can probably do all of this for a few hundred dollars or less. Now, know that in the branding world, like you kind of do get what you pay for. I mean, if you're only going to be paying a hundred bucks or 200 bucks for a logo, you're, you're probably not going to get that, like that nice, big, full, complete creative package that you could get if you actually worked with an agency. Um, but if all you're looking for is like a color scheme and a simple logo that you can just copy and paste in all of your marketing creative, this could totally be good enough for you, at least for now. And it was good enough for us for the first few years that we were in business. Um, and then if you're comfortable, you can design your own simple website, upload your brand creative, and boom, you're done. Um, but once you scale up further, you do need to start thinking about your brand impact on a bit larger scale. So think about things like when you're found in a Google search, how will you look different from the other results in that search. Um, what do you want to be known for? And does your brand reflect that? How do you want your customers to think about you? Your branding really needs to, um, to convey that message in a clear way. So clean professional branding is definitely going to stand out in our industry where not a lot of people are investing in it. Um, so if you want to be known for a certain type of item or you want your company to be found in a certain region, um, your brand should be memorable. And don't forget though, that you also have to walk the talk of your branding message um, because that will further establish your brand amongst people who might uh, refer you back and forth. So that's a little bit about what the impact of branding can be. You could spend $100 on branding, you could spend $8,000 like we did, you could spend $30,000 on it. Um, you need to decide what you're comfortable with, um, what you're good at. If you're not good at designing creative yourself, then it's probably worthwhile to get a professional to help you. Um, if you're a small scale seller, then you probably don't want to invest as much in branding as somebody who's got $10,000, $30,000 or $50,000 a month in sales. 
So if you're curious about developing a brand for your business, I would say go to this HubSpot article and download that branding guide and just start playing around with some of the ideas that they present to you and thinking about what you want your brand to mean. And then you can take that as far as you want. You can just get a logo. You can develop a whole branding package. There's really a lot you can do. But the first step is to start thinking about the message that you want to convey and then start to think about what that will look like. So call to action for today is I want to see your brand. Do you have a logo? Um, Share your website or even just your company name. If you have like, there's so many cool company names in reselling and I just love them. So if you're on YouTube, uh, go to the comment section and share yours. I would love to check out your website or your company, your eBay store, whatever it is. I want to see what you've done for branding. And if you're not listening to this on YouTube, we'll go there, youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast and leave a comment. Uh, next episode is still up in the air. I would love to get some ideas from you. Otherwise, I will just pick one from my list. And that is all. Have a wonderful week, folks. And we will talk to you next time. 